Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Lovely. Oh, does he really? <laughs> yeah. Awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, one of my favorite moments of all time, though, is when they when they did the WWE-WCW merger, and you had that match where it was uh, him and Stone Cold, and they were just, like, in the uh, convenience store, just, like, beating each other with, like, soda bottles and, like, milk jugs and stuff like that. That was, like one of the most incredible scenes I've ever seen with uh, with, with wrestlers like that it still it's makes me good. laugh to this day yeah it's pretty yeah. good now now, do you know the story the the myth the, the myth in that uh, Booker T uh, Stone Cold match no I didn't know anything about there was what was what was going on with it uh, there's a scene there's a there's there's a rumor it's, it, it hasn't been confirmed by either but uh, there's a scene in that uh, where somehow, some way, Booker's dick comes out of his pants. What? <laughs> uh, now, because um, there's, uh, I, can, I can, like, neither, it, it, it's an argument that still, like, people they're talking about yeah uh because then it's well, like then all of a sudden austin puts like a uh a six pack of budweiser on it because somehow some way booker's dick gets out it happens so <laughs> fast you're not quite sure it happened but uh there's it's a long-standing room where neither austin or booker will talk about it or confirm it either way uh but <laughs> Yeah, so it, 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 but it definitely, it definitely looks like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is okay. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a fun oh, podcast. Yeah, if this definitely. is the kind of stuff that you can bring, um, Land, I think we're going to have a wonderful time. Um, I, what, I think so. What we got going on right now is our uh, our cold open. So we just kind of chit chat a little bit before we get started. Um, but for those of you who are joining us right now, uh, my name is Mike Lonsford. Welcome. Thank you for turning in to GGR Pirate Radio. Um, I've got co-hosting duties assigned to Mr. MC Brooks. Yo. And our special guest for this evening, his name is Land Pitts. And Land, tell us a little bit about why you're on the show tonight. You ask me. Wait. Okay. So I think it's a, <laughs> it's a little more nuanced than that. Uh, I'm a comic book writer for the WWE series, and I, I think we're going to have some fun in the process. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be a blast, man. The fact that you can, you knew exactly what scene I was talking about, and then you were like, oh yeah, and by the way, uh, Booker T's dick ju- uh, popped out in this uh, fight. Yes, that, talking about. Yeah, that is, that's kind of my job. That's kind of my job. Uh, I had to actually correct my editor on a scene that I was writing. Yeah. And he says, well, why don't you have Razor in here? And I'm like, because, Chris, Razor didn't debut till May of 1992. So uh, it was, I, 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 I'm a wrestling nerd. I, I know possibly way too much about it storyline-wise, canonically, and who's this and what's that and, and everything about it. But they pay me money to do it, so sure. Dude, this is going to be a wonderful fit. Um uh, as as they say in Casablanca, uh, Lan, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. 
Um, because <laughs> I <with> hope so. <laughs> between myself, between MC, um, Steve's not joining us uh, tonight, but he's one of our uh, one of our GGR uh, faithful as well. There's at least one topic that every single one of us can totally geek out and embarrass ourselves at parties when we know way too much about a subject, and you kind of have to be like, "Yeah, I just." outed myself completely as a nerd so i'm gonna go shrink back in the corner now yeah um, but, yeah yeah but mike that's to assume people invite us to parties in the first place so that's a lot to assume right there hey but you know what this is what we're about to do um and as they say in the wrestling industry this would be for the cheap pops right here um oh, this good, is yes. why we have a great geek refuge because this is where we can all come <laughs> yep to talk about these things that we love to geek out over and that's why I created this site in the first place. That's why you are our special guest this evening, Mr. Land Pitts. So let's go ahead and we're going to kick that theme music off because this is GGR Pirate Radio. We are starting in five, four, three, two, one. Broadcast starting. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. nothing better than a fart what's up kids falling off bikes maybe i could watch kids fall off bikes all day i don't give it it's called pilot radio but peter why would they make you president well maybe it's because i can recite all 50 states in a quarter of a second this is called pilot radio before we get started does anyone want to get out you're listening to the diner on ggr pirate radio Boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we got an awesome episode for you tonight. Joining me in the co-hosting duties of Pirate Radio is the one and only Mr. MC Brooks. What up, what up? And we've also got a special guest. He is currently working on a title with the WWE. It is called WWE Forever. His name is Land Pitts. <laughs> There it is, right there. Like, even comes with his own siren. How do you like that? That's pretty awesome. You know, I didn't even realize it until we started talking wrestling. But when I do my intro, I've, mm-hmm. I've always said, I've, I've always done it since we've been doing GGR Pirate Radio, which is now going on four years. 
I've always said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. And I was like, where did I get that from? I was like, am I just a huge fan of the circus? And then I realized it's the road dog, Jesse James. And he used to do that whenever him and Billy Gunn would come out when they were uh, the New Age Outlaws. So if that has anything to do or if there's any proof that I am, in fact, a closeted wrestling nerd, that would be it right there. This podcast has always had wrestling ties. We've just never talked about it. So there you go. Well, well, yeah, there you go. It's now you have now you have ties. Exactly. So yeah. so this is kind of you say you're closet wrestling nerd. Yeah, I think he just kind of like snuck out of the closet here. Yeah, yeah it's a what bit. I, we've we've never really actually talked about wrestling on this podcast. And it's and I don't know why it's. It's something that we all really, I mean, I, like I, when I told MC about this, he was just like, oh, uh, yeah, please sign me up. I want to do this interview. Um, well, in the words of Unicron, then it pleases me to be the first. <laughs> I like, like I said, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. This is going to work out well. Um, I'm already in your house, Mike. I know. <laughs> we invited you to the refuge and you brought all this great nerd stuff. I love it. It's fantastic. Um, I want to get the, the the official stuff out of the way first, because then we'll, we'll really, you know, open it up on the road and see how far we can really take this geek tri- uh, trip tonight. Um, Super. but I want to give you a chance to really like plug what it is that you're doing, because when I found out about this, like, first off, I was super excited. I, I can't say that I'm still currently following what's going on in the WWE other than like a passing knowledge. You know, obviously I know who John Cena is and I know some of the other big names, but like my era was definitely like the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousands. So tell us a little bit about the project that you're working on. So I've been working um, with boom and WWE, uh, their comic for the past two years on and off. They let me, they, they let me come on for big projects. I'm, I'm in the Royal rumble issue. I'm in the WrestleMania issue. I'm in the 25th raw anniversary issue. Uh, and now I'm I'm in the Survivor Series issue. I so now I'm in WWE forever. And what does that entail exactly? It's basically the fact that I I, I consider wrestling much like comics even modern day mythology. They have their own canon. They have their own characters. They have their own storylines. And what this issue is is sort of celebrating the idea of that WWE. You know, it's forever. It, it takes place. These stories take place before the Attitude Era. It's it's mainly new generation stuff. So pretty much like when Hogan kind of was being phased out, so around like ninety three, ninety six ish, and uh, we have a great team. Uh, Mike Kingston is on it. Uh, Arun Singh makes his writing debut, and I guess me, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> And um, Brett Schoenever, uh who's you know done stuff for Marvel and everything like that. So it, it's it's a really cool, really cool lineup, and just kind of celebrating the weird and fantastical world that you know WWE has had in the past. So, so if we're you're, you're saying like the almost like the post Hogan era. So we're we're mm-hmm. talking like your big names here are going to be the Undertaker. It's going to be uh, Bret Hart. It's going to be Shawn Michaels. Like that era. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I well, yeah, right. yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. So you're you, there is a Bret Hart story in there. There's um, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan and British Bulldog story. There's an IRS story, and then there's my story about a uh, Razor and no, Razor Ramon and Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase duking it out in a jewelry shop. That's okay. That's amazing. That's like, awesome. 
I know it's I know it's not WWE. Well, I mean, I guess it is now. You know, retroactively because they purchased um, right. and bought out all of the WCW stuff. But when um, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash went to WCW and became the NWO. That was like the most amazing thing I had ever seen in my like in my small childhood brain. I was like, Hulk Hogan's a bad guy now, and and this and- Bash, yeah, Bash of the Beach '96 broke a lot of hearts. Oh, dude, but it's like that's the thing is like I know it broke a lot of hearts, but like I still remember watching that, and I wasn't even upset. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life because it was like it, it literally was like watching like Superman turn to the dark side. It was like crazy i was like this this guy was the man and it was i was just super excited i was like this is gonna be some amazing wrestling to watch for a while like if he's bad and these two guys are bad oh the three of them are gonna be awesome like and it it was yeah and like they turned sting like and shout out to eric bischoff for actually finding something smart to do with sting and it's like hey bud let's just keep you off the microphone and yep. let, you, let you just do cool <laughs> things and point bats at people because you're an awesome wrestler but your mic skills they, they kind of suck and, like, it was the smartest thing that he could have possibly done. And it made Sting, like, go from, like, icon to, like, super icon status. No, no. It was, it was, well, well, I, I, King had to go darker. I feel like him going into the shadows as, like, a bleach blonde surfer, all-American, you know, you want to look like, you know, it's, it's, it's an archetypal uh, person, when you look at seeing it like that, that looks like a wrestler. And then him coming out, and then coming out of the darkness, and then you're like, oh, that he kind of looks like the crow. Why? And then you learn that he's just waiting. He's waiting. And you know, him, him lurching in the rafters with like a vulture. Hell yes, he's he be essentially became Batman. He he has he had to become dark to fight the darkness. If you look at it, sort of like that. He didn't speak. He only had a couple. I, he, I think he only said a couple phrases. Even then, I think it was like, "You're dead, and you have no guts." Very simple, very thing. But he kept it real because he. I, I, I don't think the character worked with long, drawn-out monologues of why he did what he did. It was the fact that he. It was a definite sort of storytelling way that they showed and didn't tell you. And that's very difficult to do in wrestling because you have to tell people a lot. You 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 it's you engage with the audience. It's it's not like anything else out there. If you go to a I, I was explaining this on my on my um, couple panels I had uh, last year and people came up to my table like what do you like about wrestling and I'm like, "Well, listen, let's let's have a fireside chat here." Um but it, it's a it's a medium that you engage in. When you go to the movies and you yell out, "Oh shit! Don't do that!" They can't hear you because it's already done. Right. When you go to a play and you boo people for do for being a villain, that's also frowned upon. <laughs> you get Wrestling, asked. You get asked politely to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Hey, can you like stop doing that? But like, he's John Wilkes Booth. He's going to kill Lincoln. But like, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> But you don't do that. You, you, yeah. you, you, that's still a faux pas. Wrestling is this fine Venn diagram of predetermined stuff, predetermined results, but still with a live engagement. You yeah. can talk to them and they can talk mm-hmm. to you back. And there's nothing else like it. 
nothing else like it. Yeah. And I, it, it's something I feel like is a great American storytelling medium that it gets poo-pooed on because of what it is and what its backstory is and how it was kind of perceived for a really long time. And I, I think we're slowly coming back to, like, wrestling is cool now because I, I think wrestling is cool. It was – there was parts where it was sort of being – kind of like oh you still watch that i'm like yeah I still watch it fuck you but <laughs> it's it is what it is and I, and I don't i don't think wrestling's ever been cooler well i so. think adding it into yeah. the the lexicon of today that when we were growing up cuz we're all we're all in our 30s now you know so we can we can have this conversation and we all remember the days when it wasn't cool to be a nerd when you couldn't really like really you know as as the the parlance goes you know let your freak flag fly like yeah. you, you kind of had to be like, yeah, I'm into comic books, but kind of keep it on the hush hush here, you know, like except for around your friends. But like now that's not the case. And I feel like wrestling yeah. falls into this category. I feel like wrestling is part of that now. Like there's no shame. You don't have to be ashamed that you yeah. like wrestling. And like yeah. it, it fits in with the geek. And like if it hasn't been official, I'm, you know, I'm reaching my hand out right now from the great geek refuge. Wrestling fans, come on in, buddy. The 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 water's fine. You know, like we're, we're here to have everybody here. And I totally agree with you. Like, it's I, – I think that it is starting to become more mainstream. It's becoming accepted. Like, it's – you're hearing podcasts about it. You're hearing people talk about it on radio shows. Like, I mean, it seems like every couple of years another wrestler is making his way into mainstream media as well. I mean, mm-hmm. crying out loud, look at The Rock. The Rock, like, is, is in every movie that comes out in 2018. And <laughs> John Cena is making his way into movies. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. just going to keep happening. And it's – and, and that's the thing I miss about it, too, is when I was going to live events, God, that was fun. And, like, you just – it didn't matter who was sitting next to you. It's not like when you go to a sporting event where if you, if the opposing team's fan is there, you guys might get into a brawl. No, it's not like that with wrestling. Like, right. everybody kind of is in on the joke. Like, they, they get it. Like, okay, yeah, you like this guy. I like this guy. But it it's part of the story. So everybody's just – everybody's cool and everybody's chill and, like – I, now, see, now you're kind of convincing me, Land. Maybe I need to start watching it again. Cause, well, here's yeah. here's kind of like I, I did a I did a dissertation this on sociology uh, when I was in college. Nice. Uh, basically, about how when did geek culture become part of the cultural zeitgeist? And I'll tell you exactly when it happened. When Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring came out and dominated the box office for a thousand years, just. Just, just that first movie. That's a really good that point. First yeah. movie. Yeah, 2001. Um, yeah. Yep. Just the uh, December 2001, and it just kept going and kept going and kept going, and then you had uh, Spider-Man come out that next summer, but then like everything was still kind of like in our system, like oh shit, this is cool now. Like I, I mean, you know, you'd go on a train and you have random people just like reading. Uh, the Hobbit, like, oh, I saw the, I saw this movie. I want to like actually read it, and I'm like, that's amazing. Thank you for shunning me as a child. <laughs> I, I guess we can become friends now. So uh, I, I, and I've never had that attitude when people finally want to come along. I've never been a gatekeeper, and just well, I liked it then, and you made fun of me. I'm like, most of the time, people are like, ah, oh, man, this was really cool. I'm just, hey, do you, do you have any more recommendations? And it's right. At, at, at Heroes Con in Charlotte, I uh, I ran and uh, I sat next to someone. Um, his name was Jordan. He was a he's an up and coming creator, 
And uh, I just met him, um, just hung out with him again at MAGFest up in here in uh, Silver Springs. And he's like, hey, I wanted to thank you. I, I forgot to tell you. I started watching, like, Glow, and I, I started, like, watching wrestling again. And all of, you know, my friends are like, oh, shit, yay, hey, cool. Hey, who's your favorite? And he was almost like, uh, Oscar. And I'm like, yeah, cool, she's great. So there, I, there's never, like, a wrong answer to, like, yeah. who are your favorites. We're, right. We'll, we'll, we'll right. dog on you for a little bit. Like, well, I like this guy. And I'm like, ah, boo. But <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, we're still, like, we're still, I don't know, we're still part of the same club. Uh, and I, I, think it's, I think it's cool. I mean, but what WWE did, essentially, was hire nerds. Like... <laughs> Like I was explaining to a, a friend of mine a couple of days ago, like Seth Rollins, when he was in Ring of Honor, was Tyler Black. His finisher was the Avada Kedavra. And the only reason he wanted to be called Tyler Black is because he wanted to become from the most noble house of Black. He's a huge Harry Potter nerd. That's so awesome. like, wow. and that's like their top guy. So, so um, I also I can't tell on my earbuds if I'm screaming at you because I I can't hear myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure the rest of the noise was focused. Dude, you're uh, fine, man. You okay. scream, scream yeah, away. Yeah. Good, great, yay. Um, so uh, look at Xavier Woods from the New Day. He has a huge YouTube presence on with his up, oh, up yeah. down up. down video game channel. He's at Magfest. He's at Dragon Con. He's at Awesome Con. He's at San Diego. So I, I feel like when WWE got like there's that San Diego vibe, they'll show up with Boom. Some superstars will show up at the comics. People will be like, "Oh, I didn't know this was a comic." Pick it up, have Rusher sign it, and then you know, eventually talk to me. We'll see. But yeah. uh, I mean, I, I understand. I'm in the you know totem things. If there's a line to meet like Becky Lynch, Sami Zayn, and me, I'm the last. I'm on the bottom of the tier, and that's totally okay if people find out about it to begin with because I feel like we have a great lineup of people Dennis Hopeless has been writing this series for years now uh, you can check out his other work he's doing a cloak and dagger book at Marvel right now uh, he's written X-Men Spider-Woman for years and he's a he's a big wrestling nerd Jason Aaron, uh, one of the great Thor writers contemporary creators, Star Wars he's a huge huge mark talk to him about wrestling He'll, he'll love it. Jason Latour, Robbie Rodriguez from Spider Gwen, same deal. Uh, they're, I mean, they're all like Southerners. I mean, I, I'm from Atlanta, so I can relate. Like, Jason Latour had this uh, thing about on his Twitter a, a while back, like, who's the greatest Southern superhero? And I was like, Dusty Rhodes. And he was like, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> End of list. Done. So, <laughs> I don't. So. I don't know, man. I, I. I feel like. I feel like Ric Flair has to be up there because, like, Ric Flair's a bad guy. But that's the remember. thing. Is yeah. is he? Bad is guy. he though? Oh uh, yes, because he talks about fucking your wife the entire time you're there. <laughs> but that's like that's what I mean though. It's like it's like Loki, and, and I would almost put Ric Flair and Loki in the same category because they're bad guys, but they're so good at being bad guys that we love them. So it's like Ric oh, Flair's talking yes, about definitely. Ric Absolutely. Flair's talking about fucking your wife, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, right. woo, like that's great, right. woo, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, we were. It was me, my girlfriend, and some friends today. There was this Twitter thread about like. Uh, your favorite wrestler's finisher is also the name of your of their dick. <laughs> so it was like, it was like, oh man, Slick Rick. But like, 
Ric Flair has been talking about his dick for years. He names it yep. Space Mountain. Space yeah. Mountain. Yep. Oldest ride, longest line. So, like, that's all he does. And he just constantly talks about, like, stealing your woman, stealing your girlfriend. I'll fuck them all. Why? Because I'm Ric Flair. And I'm like, all right. Wow. Sure. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like I feel like if anybody yeah. could have possibly beaten the amount of coke that Tony Montana did in like I mean we're talking like fake coke, but if we're using it comparatively in like real world like scenarios, it's Ric Flair. Ric Flair is the only Absolutely. person that could possibly uh, well, more. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, I I met Roddy Piper uh, several years ago, and uh, I just talked about this story uh, on a wrestling podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, yeah. and. Uh, I sent in a wrestling confession talking about how uh, Piper choked me out legitimately using a sleeper hold uh, and then did stand-up. Like, he did, like, late-night stand-up, but it wasn't really stand-up, as it was anecdotes about coked-up Ric Flair in, like, the <laughs> early 90s. <laughs> I was like, man, what a legend. What a, what a, what a creep legend. But just... Wow, marvelous. Yeah. Marvelous. Well, and that's like, one of, that's one of the yeah. things I wanted to applaud you for with this too is like you're working on this stuff and and you're not really shying away from what could be oh well we shouldn't be talking about that because that might besmirch the good name of these rest no you're you're getting all of those things that we know happened and there's not glossing over of you know the kind of the darker side of these stories like you're saying like yeah this is we know that this is what was going on like we didn't understand it as kids but now we get it as adults and like it, it, it almost it makes them it makes these larger than life characters more human and more real but at the same time it also makes them that much more legendary right Right. Uh, and it's one of those things that I, I get asked. My my number one question is, what's it like writing real people? And that's weird to me because, A, there's no way Mark Calloway is a real undead wizard. Oh. And, <laughs> I, have a, and, I have a really awesome story, and I'm sorry to interrupt you real quick, oh, about Mark Calloway. So okay. I'm, I'm in the military, right? And this is like 2000. I was in the Army. Oh, okay. I'm a former Air Force. Oh, nice. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I'm the 9/11 generation. I I joined because of 9/11, so I okay. I, there I, you I, go. I joined for two years and I got stop lost for five. So yes, I understand. Uh, I got medboarded. So. Oh jeez, man. Um, but I'm I'm in a I'm in an airport in Houston, on okay. my way on my way to go somewhere else to go do another military thing, and I see this giant man covered in tattoos. And I'm like, that guy looks like The Undertaker. And I'm just like, you know, it's like, you know, like the head cannon as you're just rolling through it. You're like, wow, that guy really looks like The Undertaker. And I'm getting closer and closer and closer because we're all the way at the other end of the terminal and we're walking. And as I get closer and closer and I'm like, that is the under. Holy shit. That's The Undertaker. And like I walk up to him and I'm like. And I, and I don't want to like be like, oh my god, you know, like Buddy the Elf. Like, are, I know are, him. Are in, I know are him. You in, are you in fatigues? Uh, Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. He'll love you. And he I, loved you, didn't he? Yes. I said to him, I was like, I was like, I'm, I was like, sir, I'm really sorry to stop you. I was like, but are are you the? And I like, and he kind of looks at me. and He's like, he, he's like waiting for me to say it. And I'm like, are are you the Undertaker? And he, like, at first he's just like, at first he's very like, he's like, hey, how are you? And then and then I was like, are you the Undertaker? And he just goes, yes, and drops his voice. Yes! And I was like, I was yes! like. Ah! 
I was like, I was like, I don't have any, I don't have anything on me. I was like, can I just shake your hand? And he was so like cool about it. He was like, yes, you can. And like shook it, like shook my hand and like like put his arm around my shoulder. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I was like, God, why don't I have a, a phone or a camera? Oh, but, oh man, no, I because I have a. I have a similar story with Ted DiBiase. Oh, nice! At the airport. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's 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 moments like that. I I think I would just like I I have told friends like multiple times like hey, if by chance like Bret Hart's ever at a convention I am, don't come with me. I will openly sob in Bret Hart arms like that. I will just sob away. Uh, but like meeting Taker again like. I worked on his character. I gave him an origin story. He's one of those guys that, like, even if you don't watch wrestling, you understand certain names. Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Andre. You understand who The Undertaker is. Even if you've never seen wrestling, I feel like he's one of those guys that you're just like, yeah, the dead guy, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you can't draw him, but you're like, I know who you're talking about. Um, but yeah, real quick... Uh, um, I, I, I was at uh, the Atlanta airport going to Orlando yeah. and there's this guy and I was like that, this guy walking towards me I'm just sitting waiting for my flight this guy's walking towards me and I'm like that looks like Ted DiBiase and he got closer and I'm like that really looks like Ted DiBiase he turns around and he's wearing a WWE varsity jacket I'm like <laughs> oh okay that is what hundred percent Ted DiBiase. So uh, he goes into the bathroom, and I'm not a yeah. creep, and I'm not gonna follow him in there. But I'm like, ah, uh, just by the chance, if he's by, I'm hungry. I want to go get like a chicken biscuit from uh, Bojangles. Yeah. So I get a chicken, uh, and uh, he actually comes out, and he actually stands beside me, and I'm like, hey, look. I don't want a picture. I don't want to. Don't want an autograph. I don't want to bother you or anything. But can I just have like a quick handshake from the greatest heel of the '80s? And he goes, "Oh yeah, that doesn't cost anything, young man." And then he shakes my hand. I was like, "Ah, oh, this is great." <laughs> so like, it, it is. It is definitely something special when we have like these little moments. But yeah. but yeah, like again, like Ted DiBiase is not some eccentric millionaire. It's they're characters. They're all characters and. Getting to write these characters is is no more than I I, I think writing the X Men like you don't go to Hugh Jackman like are you really Wolverine like you know it, it's right I, I don't know that's that's how I feel because I, I I feel like they are so it's sort of weird uh, when people uh, you know you, you write real people Ric Flair is you know despite Rick living the gimmick in the eighties and some of the nineties uh, Rick Rick Flair is not. Ric Flair, who we see on TV for the yeah. most part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there? You already mentioned Bret Hart, mm-hmm. but is there is there one? And and I almost let's, let's go roundtable too, because MC, I would love to know like where you kind of fit with all of this. Sure. But is there a is there a pantheon? Like you've got three guys that are like your top wrestlers of all time, your absolute favorite, like. Is 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 Bret uh, Hart like a of, like a Mount Rushmore sort of your thing? Mount Rushmore oh, yeah, of yeah, wrestling? Yes. Okay. Oh, you were going to go first. Oh, uh, I'll go first. Hey, I, 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 I was going to let you go okay. first. Okay. Um. Yeah. I've, you know, been, Marcus, I've been talking for nine years, so someone can go first. <laughs> Marcus, go ahead, bud. You can start us off. Uh. Oh boy. Um. Cause I, I haven't I haven't put a lot of thought into this. Um. Let's see. If I if I had to 
Then in my head, wait, are, are, can we, are group, do groups count as one or does it have to be individuals? Like, like a collective? Let's, yeah, like, yeah, Mike, how are we doing this? Let's can go we, like, with, do groups count? Let's, there, the, the only rule at GGR, there are no rules. I mean, other than don't be a juice bag. <laughs> um, but yeah, I say, you know, you can count a group as one because, like, if, if it's the it's that particular entity, so it's just like you know if you're going to name your favorite band, you can name one person or you can name an entire group of people. You can say, oh well, Billy Joel. Billy Joel's not a band; he's a person. But like, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. Um, let's see, let's see. Uh, where do I want to start? Um, the Rock, I feel like, is that most obvious one. So the Rock is on my my my, my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Um, Hardy Boys, because I think they were my they were my absolute favorites. They were mm-hmm. they were who I like tuned in to watch when I was younger. Like I, I was yeah. always tuned in to see like what crazy shit is Jeff Hardy gonna do this time? Yeah, like where is he gonna swan time bomb off of this time? Um, so Rock Hardy Boys. Uh, let's see, uh, I get Stone Cold, which I guess is an obvious one, and uh, I guess I'll go with another OG Triple H. Just. That's a good. That's but, a good. Those yeah. are good pulls, man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, mine is. I, I mentioned him earlier because it was after after Hulk Hogan turned heel, but also like wrestling was changing. It was becoming like the Attitude Era, but it was also the NWO era and WCW. Like when Sting went full crow and was like up. That, that was just amazing. Like I I absolutely fell in love with him. Like, cause before he was just, you know, like the blonde haired surfer dude, he was cool, but he just, well, he was all right. But like him, him down in the all black and the, and the face paint and like the scorpion death drop. I was just, I was all in for this dude. So he's, he's gotta be on that list. Um, I think that it's really hard to get one from like what I call the classic era of like macho man, Roddy, Roddy Piper, um, Hulk Hogan, like, cause they're all just like so iconic. But like, I, I, there's something about Hogan, like even, even now, like he comes on, like if you see him on like a video, like let's say he does like some appearance, he was on ESPN at one point when Tim Tebow, um, was big and he, he cut, like, it was basically like him doing a vignette and it was, he just started going off about how it was like, you know, when it's Tebow time, brother. And I was just like, I got chills (laughs) every single time I was like. I would I if I could ever meet him I just want him to be like let me tell you about GGR brother and just like I, I would lose my mind. <laughs> I feel like he has to be on that list because he's like he's like the Babe Ruth of wrestling. Yeah, he's um, one of the names you most associate with 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 WWE. Yeah, right. I would I would agree, and I'm gonna pull I'm gonna go full like grunge rock 1990s like he just he personified that and that was Raven. Like there was just something about oh, him, like just yeah. so like misanthropic, and he's wearing the the flannel tied around his waist, and he's always like sad and like mopey, and like and like even with that character, like at one point, like it was him and Canyon, like fucking Chris Canyon, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Like I loved Chris Canyon, and I was so disappointed that he didn't get a b- bigger push when he was in. But like at one point, they basically like did a whole set where it was like him. He takes Canyon with him to go meet his parents, right? and like his sister and like Canyon's like dude Raven your sister's hot like and at one point like he's going off on his uh, on his mom and like Raven's giving him a hard time and Canyon's like I don't understand why you do that your mom's so nice like why can't you just be nice to her and he's like because it pisses her off like and it was just like you got this insight (laughs) into this character and it was just so awesome but like I think those are my my three and if I had a group um, 
that original like outsiders NWO, those three of, oh, Hall, yeah. of Hall, Nash, and Hogan was just that was dope. Like I loved that. I, I loved that what they did to wrestling in general. Yeah, I think Raven might have actually one of my favorite uh, intro themes, entrance themes of of all time. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you and like. Yeah, just in him and DDP and their oh, their yeah. rivalry was just awesome. But like, also if you go back to the ECW stuff, him and Tommy Dreamer had some amazing matches. Like, it was just, it was just awesome. Oh, now, I, it's my turn. It's it's your turn. The expert, <laughs> the guy, the guy who's writing about wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, wow. Okay. So, Red Heart on there. Uh, easily, I mean, this guy was basically born and bred to do this, and how he had to retire was awful, and how things ended, and what happened to his career, and yeah. uh, just how there was just this lingering shadow over everything. But but Bret Hart, when he was in the ring, and what he could do, and how he could tell a story, uh, still so great. Uh, Triple H, I believe, has one of the best character arcs in history. In absolute history, if you take a look at how he started as the Connecticut Blue Blood going into pretty much the anti-establishment becoming, you know, basically the leader of D-Generation X after WrestleMania 14 when Sean had to leave. And then eventually marrying the boss's daughter and becoming the authority, becoming the establishment is pretty damn great when you look at it. Wow. Like, I a, never even thought of that. That's, that's yeah. really, wow. Yeah. In a span of years, I, I think he has, like, one of the best character arcs in history. Um, and um, wow, let me, for a third one, it's hard to, it's hard to be, like, I guess if you're looking at a cultural level and what and how wrestling was you know, wrestling was brought to the cultural zeitgeist and uh, and mainstream, I guess. It's hard to ignore what Hogan did in the 80s. It's hard to ignore what guys like Austin Rock did in the 90s, uh, in the early 2000s. And it's, it's hard to ignore uh, what guys like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, John Cena are kind of doing now and bringing it into the mainstream again. Like, I mean, Cena had like a... A rap album, and he was on 106 and Park on BET. So, like, I mean, it, it's it's hard to ignore little things like that. But but Pantheon, I mean, it's going to be Brett. If I can be, I mean, Mount Rushmore has four heads. But you said three, so I'm going to do three. So it's going to be Ric Flair as cultural icon, pop culture icon, and what he brought to wrestling in the South, and being the epitome of like that kind of big baller character yeah uh triple h and bret hart yeah i mean those are yeah. those are all amazing yeah those are all great choices and like that's the thing is like i have so many others like stone cold when you're a teenager and you're in high school and you see this guy who's anti-authority and giving middle fingers to everybody and it's like he becomes yeah. the champion yeah. and mr mcmahon's like you need to wear a suit because you're the champion right now so he wears a suit and then he stone cold stuns him and has a beer truck come out and he sprays <laughs> beer everywhere i mean like it was it was the dopest thing ever. And, like, I still remember when he became champion one more time, like, right at that WWE-WCW merger, and he became basically, like, a corporate stooge, and he started, like, playing his guitar, and he was all emotional and asking Vince for hugs and stuff like that. Like, they did – he did some really awesome <laughs> stuff with his character that I didn't think he would ever do, and I, and I really just appreciated that in general. Like, 
Yeah, and then just, yeah, what what yeah. Austin brought because it was so it's interesting to see that time period and what was supposed to happen because Austin won King of the Ring '96 that year, but he wasn't supposed to. Wrestling fans will tell you know they know like with the curtain call and Hall and Nash leaving, uh, it was um, in Madison Square Garden. Hall and Nash, yeah. uh, Triple H and Shawn, they were all in the ring breaking kayfabe which was a big no-no back then. Yeah. But uh, Hall and Nash left. Sean was the champion, so the guy who got the brunt of the punishment was Triple H. So his punishment was taken off, and he was supposed to win King of the Ring that year, and he didn't. So Austin ends up winning King of the Ring. They, they end up pushing, pushing Austin. Austin didn't even have, like, the glass-breaking theme until, like, that that fall i want to say when he was feuding with a uh, bret hart at survivor series which led into austin winning the rumble in 97 he gets super over he doesn't win you know he doesn't go to wrestlemania uh as uh, against the champion but him and brett still have one of the best matches of the early attitude era yeah um and even though he lost um he lost the match because he was knocked out and you know unconscious and he bled to death. He became a bigger star. So it's hard to ignore you know what Austin did and how Austin you know later talks about his frustrations with the company in the early two thousands and he comes back after injury and they don't know what to do with him. They make him world champion. They put him in some feuds and then in two thousand they were like, hey, you're going to lose to Lesnar in the King of the Ring qualifications and he's like, who the fuck is Brock Lesnar <laughs> so uh, so you know his whole thing is like there's no hype there's no hype between me and Lesnar this is just a random ass ratch on mine he slowly saw himself being phased out and he's like oh I've seen this happen to other guys I don't want this to happen to me and then you know he ends up leaving for a year and coming back and in and out of roles and then eventually retiring but yeah Austin Austin's story is really good too, especially if you consider like him, you know, being in WCW, him working injured in ECW and just cutting promos on people, uh, not not doing a lot of work, and then eventually coming to WWF as the ringmaster, ringmaster and, yep. and uh, <laughs> eventually, you know, getting over it. How he did is just fantastic. I don't know what we were talking about before. Sorry, my brain just kind of does this. Dude, it's okay because <laughs> it's okay. We, we literally we literally came up with a subtitle for our podcast. What you know, somebody's like, "Hey, what is your podcast like?" Hey, when you were growing up, would you go out with your friends? You know, stay out late at night, maybe going to see a movie or like out drinking, and then you guys would go to a diner and just have these awesome conversations. That's what this is. It's just us talking about the things that we love and that's there's yep. nothing wrong with getting sidetracked and going down a rabbit hole because honestly those are sometimes the the most fun conversations you have is when yep. you just don't really have a plan yep and to be fair we even before we called it at the diner like this is kind of how our podcast would go anyway yeah we start somewhere and then drift off and end up somewhere else before we even know it yeah. right okay yeah. that makes sense okay cool yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there is no. There is no form here. Do not worry about that. You yeah. are good, man. <laughs> good. I just didn't want to be like. I mean, I'm already in your house. I don't want to be asked to leave now. Nah. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's hard to really place like. But if you look at it like a whole, like a whole, 
you're definitely going to have to put um, Flair, Hogan, Austin, and Rock as like a Mount Rushmore. But even then, like replace maybe Austin with Cena at some point. Like that's the thing with wrestling; it's ever evolving and it's yeah. ever yeah. sort of yeah. Like Literally. oh, there's no one going to be a bigger star than X character. Yeah. Oh really? Fuck you! I'm making myself that bigger star, exactly. and then you be right. then you will it into existence. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they had difficulty for a little while, but, you know, with Cena kind of being not as, I don't want to say not as hot. I mean, it's always fun when he shows up, but the guy's like 41. He, he's, he's, he's done his time. He's a 16 time world champion, a five time U.S. champion, a two time World Rumble winner, etc. cetera. Uh, he, he's good. I just I want to sidetrack yeah. real quick on Cena for just a second. The Divas show that they have, um, that's on uh, E, mm-hmm. is so in like I my my wife loves it. She watches it all the time. But I just really enjoy it because you got to see John Cena as like a normal person, and it's like it's like hey like uh, I can't remember which one of the twins was was dating slash married to him for like a hot second but um she, she comes at nikki comes in and she's like oh hey john what are you doing he's like oh i'm, I'm just making some scrambled eggs like just seeing him as like a normal person was so like jarring for me i was like uh, all right and he's like i'm gonna need you to make sure that you clean up the house because i have a very high standard of living and i was like what okay like the same guy who says you can't see me is like make sure the floors are clean like it's i mean it's fine i understand that, like you know one is a character one's the actual person but it's just it was it, it was very interesting like and that that's an interesting aspect of wrestling now in the new era is this is no longer a hey we see them monday and thursday yeah and then occasionally on a sunday for a for a uh, pay-per-view like they're always around now because of instagram because of facebook because of snapchat mm-hmm. like yep. it's constant saturation of these characters and like to that to that end this might be blasphemy and I'm going to say it and you guys might hate me for it. But when the rock was big in wrestling, I was not a huge fan of the rock. Like he kind of got on my nerves and I actually like him more now that he's outside of it. I like him more as an actor, but also too, when he hosted Saturday night live, he was hilarious. Like the first time. Oh yeah. yeah. When he was like, when he played, when he played Clark Kent slash Superman and like, he played Nicotrell, the uh, the anti-smoking guy, like, and he just came and beat you if you started smoking again. Like, yeah, One, yeah, like, because that was that was the whole thing. Like, that was basically like his coming out party, and people took like, oh no, he's just charismatic, and he can actually do this. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I wasn't a huge huge rock fan either. I mean, I like rooting for the bad guys around that time, but that was also like 2000. So I was really big into you know I was still a big Chris Jericho fan. Uh, Thank you. Thank um, you for bringing up yeah. Jericho because yeah. we'll get we'll get to him in a second. But go ahead. Sorry. Uh, you know, OMC here was like a Hardy Boys. I was like, man, there was not people would tell you in high school like there was no bigger Jeff Hardy mark than myself. So <laughs> ended up uh, being able to write Jeff. That was that was fantastic, and uh, seeing him live a couple times uh, just. It's always great. Just absolutely, I, I followed his career even after you know that he went to TNA and that didn't work out well. And eventually he came back. And I remember before the network, you know, was available and everything. I had friends text me when he won the WWE Championship at Armageddon 2008, making sure like, hey, making sure you know Jeff Hardy just became world champion. I was like, what? That's great. Congratulations. You <laughs> haven't died yet. 
So <laughs> I got to uh, say, though, like yeah. one of the saddest moments that I've seen in wrestling was when he when Jeff Hardy went to um, was it TNA? And uh, he, impact. Yeah, yeah. Impact. Yeah. And yeah. it was him versus Sting for the championship. And awful match is an awful match. Oh, God. And I guess he was. Well, either... it wasn't. It was wasn't even a match because yeah. he was drugged out of his mind. Bishop yeah. came down and was like, I'm "Fucking stopping this!" Yeah, like you're not in any shape. Yeah, get the fuck out of this ring. That that was God. That was hard yeah. to watch, dude. And, and then, you see, yeah. and, and you see, and you see, Steve uh, uh, Sting. Like I don't know what this kid's doing. This is this looks. This makes everybody look bad. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, it's it's pretty it's pretty damn heartbreaking. Pretty damn heartbreaking. Yeah, it really it really yeah. was rough to watch. Um. I wanted to kind of dovetail into that because you mentioned Chris Jericho and I feel like I want to have a, a, a give kind of, we'll do the same round table thing again. I want people to kind of talk. I want everybody to kind of talk about some of the wrestlers that maybe aren't that high level pantheon that like you are just like, this dude is amazing and should be up there or just didn't get the recognition. And Jericho for me is like big on that list. Like he, yeah, I, I was at SummerSlam. I want to say it was Oh six. I think we were talking about this on the phone. Land, it was him versus Cena, and yeah, we talked about it. it was Silver Slam 05. Yeah, 05. Yeah. Okay, and like everybody was, Cena was supposed to be the push. You know, everybody was like, oh, yeah. you know, he's the face. Everybody it was, was it was, it was the summer of Cena. Yeah, because he just won the, uh, he just won the title at Mania, and then he went to Raw, and then was like, oh well, this is the guy now. Yeah, I just, I did not want. I wanted Jericho to win, and like, there's one of the things that I love about DC crowds in general is like. DC people by nature are cynical and everybody knew that Cena was getting the push but nobody was rooting for him and you could hear more people <laughs> cheering for Jericho even though Jericho was supposed to be the heel and like at one point too they even make no they talk about it on the mic because everybody's just like uh, Cena's like well you know blah 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 and everybody booed him and he was just like well I guess they're I guess they want to see the good guy lose and everybody was like yeah we do you suck like it was it was awesome and and freaking Jericho had him in the walls of Jericho in the middle of the damn ring, and we were all screaming as loud as we could, tap, just tap out, oh my god, like, everybody was losing their mind, and of course Cena <laughs> ends up winning, and it was so, it was so mad, because, like, Jericho deserved that, like, oh. <laughs> that, and that was also, that was the match where you had Hogan versus uh, Shawn Michaels for the it wasn't even the championship, it was just, like, this Legends match, right? Right, it's just this Legends match, and oh, the, dude. the it is now known as the Obercellus, as Sean just was being all dick Sean Michaels in the ring. Oh my god! And just yeah. overselling everything. Oh, so, dude, and like <laughs> at one point, like you and like we're good. Like I would say a good like halfway up the the, the arena. We're at the Verizon. Center. It was the Verizon Center at the time. Now it's the Capital One Arena, but we're like halfway up, and you can hear him like as you know he like grabs. Uh, Hogan grabs his arm and like you know does the arm wrench and you hear him go ah ah you're doing it too hard Hulk and it's just like really dude come on like <laughs> he was such a dick and it was just like I mean is that with something like that um, and then and then we'll go to MC MC you can give us like one of your underrated wrestlers um, and then Land you can give us one of yours um, with something like that who's default on that one is that all on Shawn Michaels or was that more on Hogan because Hogan was like, I don't lose because I'm motherfucking Hulk Hogan. Oh, that's on Sean. He could have been like, yeah, Hogan's making a comeback. He's hot right now. 
I don't have to be a dick, but I'm Shawn Michaels. I also don't lose unless it's to a friend. So that's all. It's all on Michaels. It's not. Okay. It's all on Sean. It's all on Sean. Yeah, I just I've I've never been like a huge fan of his. Like I just I mean the guy's an, an incredible wrestler, but just there was something about him that I didn't like. He just seemed kind of like he was very like. If I don't get my way, I'm gonna pout. And like when he, uh, I, I, yeah, he, yeah, he was definitely like that in the '90s. Yeah. Uh, you, like, there are stories about that. Uh, but in the ring, though, I still think Sean is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, especially after his back surgery, he, he came back after four years and had like a second coming of a career that people would die for. Yeah. Like you, you, you main event how many WrestleMania still you, you and Jericho put on a match at WrestleMania 19 that's, I think, underappreciated as hell. Um, and, you know, you get into the Hall of Fame, you have a second run and, like, funny DX stuff. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like he definitely had, like, the comeback career that he wanted and kind of wanted when he was, you know, originally OG HBK. But, I, I don't know. I, I, I love Shaun of the Ring. Um, I don't know. You look at like his style, and it was definitely innovative. I mean, you didn't have like Rey Mysterio's and all those guys in WWE. Like when Sean did a moonsault, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously that's toned down now, and you know people are doing suicide dives every five minutes, but. Yeah, Sean was, you know, definitely an innovator style. If you look at, you know, who the top guys were, they were colossuses, yeah, huge or titans. And then you look at yeah. right, and then you look at Sean, like, huh, okay, sure. So when they started phasing out like the big guys, Sean stepped up. Sean was still like, I can do this, I can, I can be the guy. And I, I, I'm, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of trepidation and everything like that at first for like, oh, yeah. really? We're, we're doing a downsizing almost. But Sean had the charisma. Sean had the style. He may have not always been the easiest to work with, as people will tell you. But when he could deliver, boy, he delivered. Yeah, absolutely. And like um, one of the other like. That's that's the thing that always fascinated me was like the kind of the behind the scenes stuff and like there was I mean they called it the click if I remember correctly um, they still do yep. yeah where it was him and <laughs> Hall it was him and uh, Kevin Nash and Triple H like they just kind of had all this pull behind behind the scenes and like as somebody who's still following this is there anything like that going on right now where you have yeah. people who kind of have this yeah. pull and they kind of get to do what they want to do when it comes to wrestling. There's still, I mean, there are still guys. I mean, I, they don't do, I don't think they do creative control as much anymore. Yeah. Um, let guys have creative control, because good lord. But, yeah, there, there's still guys that are just, you know, still clicky. I mean, anyone who was friends with Triple H, I mean, you look at Sheamus, he was his yeah. workout buddy. Yeah. And he got a push. Uh, you look at Randy Orton, he got a push. Uh, anyone who basically buddies up to Triple H at the time, you can definitely tell, like, okay, this is why this this thing kind of happens. So, yeah, there's definitely, there's still definitely, like, yeah. clicky attitudes as as one will do. But, yeah, so that's that's pretty much how it goes. I got gotcha. you. 
All right, so Marcus, um, give me a wrestler that you just absolutely loved that you were hoping was going to get a, a much bigger push, and they never really did. Actually, just had I just had a name, and it just uh, just escaped me. Um, What's he look like? <laughs> muscular. Uh, no. uh, cool. Muscular guy wears tights. <laughs> with tights, yeah. Comes to a ri- um, comes to the ring with some music. Yeah. <laughs> with hair. Um, <laughs> if I had. <laughs> Uh, immediately, the first guy that comes to mind is Rikishi, but he wasn't—he wasn't who I was going to pick originally. But I can't, I'm blanking right now because I had to take a phone call real quick. Um, I think Rikishi, uh, for me, I was always a big—I was a pretty big fan of him. And uh, you know, I—I I, I feel like his his story with with Too Cool just kind of—I don't know—it like it was, it was cool for a while, but I, I was over it kind of quickly. And I really wanted to see kind of what else they would have tried to do with him. Yeah. But, you know, like, I enjoy them. Like, I, I, I think he made a comeback sometime in, like, the most re- in the last couple of years or so, um, which was kind of cool to see. But uh, I really wish I could remember who I was thinking of just a few moments ago. Yeah. Um, I'll give you – I'll give another one then uh, real quick. Um, I always really liked uh, what DDP was doing. And when he went yeah. to WWE, they just ruined his character. Like they just did nothing with him. They were like, um, "Well, I know he had to get teeth, like the the teeth implant. That was that was like he actually needed that in real life." So they were like, "Huh, let's turn you into a televangelist." And it's like, who the fuck had this idea? Like this is so no, stupid. he wasn't. He wasn't a televangelist. He was or like, a motivational um, speaker. Uh, motivational speaker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which honestly, now he kind of is with with the DDP yoga, which like is actually I don't know if any of you guys have done gimmick. it. Yeah. It's actually yeah, kind of cool. Like I've, I have. I've, I've yeah. done it a couple times. Yeah. It's it's really it's pretty pretty awesome. And like his relationship with Jake the Snake, like holy crap! Resurrection. Dude. Yeah. Look at the if you guys can find the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. If you if you want a good cry, so um, I, I remember talking to uh, I met DDP about two three years ago. Uh, it was about two years ago in New York, and uh, a buddy of mine introduced me to him, and I was like, "Man, you know, just from Atlanta, WCW is big. You were big, I, you know. I, I as much as I really love NWO, you were kind of like one of my guys too. Just." how you moved and then i learned later in life you came into the wrestling business at the age of 37 yeah wow like just a complete like just change of attitude and what you wanted to do with your life and what you did and how you did it and then you became like a world champion and just just fantastic and then we ended up talking about like my favorite match of his and wcw which uh halloween havoc 98 uh, with Goldberg as a world championship, it's a great match. It's a it's an easy to follow match, but what they do in the ring is pretty pretty great, dude. So the, yeah, when he when Raven's like, "What about me? What about Raven?" and then DDP just interrupts, "What about you?" Like, ah, oh, yeah, that was ah, that was ah, but, ah, but Raven beat DDP for the U.S. title, but he, then like lost it the next day to Goldberg on Nitro. Yeah. So whatever, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, is it my turn, I guess? Yeah, it's all you, man. Okay. So, I don't know. I, 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 I back... I don't know. Uh, guys who probably are didn't get the recognition then are kind of getting it now. Like, AJ Styles has been following his career since 
NWA Wildcat down here in, you know, down in Georgia. And then he went to WWA for a hot second, which was World Wrestling All-Stars. It was a promotion in Australia. Yeah. Uh, also, you remember that AJ was a member of Tag Team. He was a member of Air Raid in WCW for a hot second, too. Yeah. And uh, but then he went to Impact and he became like NWA World Champion. I was like, man, this guy could just do everything. And then him coming to WWE, I'm like, you're 40 years old, you can still do a 450 forearm, like no one's business. Uh, and I remember when he when he left Impact, it was a really big deal because they kind of made him like a cornerstone. But uh, he went to ROH in New Japan, became the leader of Bullet Club became IWGP world champion and was just an asshole character. I was like, oh man, so good, so good. <laughs> so I, I, I always rooted for AJ. He wasn't a, wasn't, was like a huge, huge name. Yeah. Um, Jericho was always like one of my guys too. And you mentioned Rikishi and Rikishi is sort of like an interesting story because they pushed him, they, they had him a few with a rock. He's the number thirtieth guy at the at the two thousand Royal Rumble, uh, or was it two thousand? Oh, it was two thousand one Rumble. He was the thirtieth guy in the two thousand one Royal Rumble. But then, like, I think he left for health reasons, something. But you can definitely tell, like, they had good plans for him to be in order. Yeah. But I mean, you know, his his kids are living their best life on SmackDown, so yeah. Uh, Edge, I really loved Edge. Edge. Oh Edge. yeah, oh, yeah. call. When oh, Edge yeah. finally became world champion in 2006, I was like, oh, man, fucking finally, fucking finally, good on you. And there's this story that he tells where, like, Vince wanted to push him. Vince wanted to push him, and there was a lot of backstage talk about, like, he's not the guy. And if you remember, he beat John Cena for his first world championship, although Cena had just won an elimination chamber and then... Edge was the first cash in, so um, so. But there was a lot of talk like this isn't the guy, this isn't the guy. And Vince and Adam Adam Copeland, who plays Edge, he was, he, he tells a story about when Vince calls him out, and he hands him the briefcase. Vince tells him, "Prove them wrong." And then he goes out and beats Cena, and the crowd goes bananas. Yeah. crowd goes absolutely insane. And you're like, this kid, this kid is finally WWE champion after eight years in the company. Yeah. And who was at WrestleMania 6, who, like, breathed wrestling all his life, is finally world champion there's something about that that's just a really good story yeah yeah and so yeah edge was always one of my guys like oh man when are they going to push edge and he wins the 2001 king of the ring he finally gets like icy you know he finally gets into uh the main event circuit he you know he breaks his neck he has to take a year off he comes back at 04 and like He's already feuding with, like, Orton, Triple H, Shelton Benjamin, you know, like, like, oh, they're really going to do something with him. And then they did, and now he's a, what, 11-time world champion, something silly like that? Yeah. And a Hall of Famer, you're like, oh, God, you got exactly what you deserved, which was everything. Yeah. 
Him, when yeah. when it was him and it, when it was Edge and Christian, and they went away from the whole brood thing, and they just started being as goofy as they possibly could. They were heels, but God, they were funny. They like, were super over. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's and, and again, kind of going back to that, like I, that's one of my favorite things. I love when you have somebody who's heel, and they're so good as a heel that you love them, and they're almost like a hero. You know, like yep. it's yep. yeah, it's it's one of it's one of the best things about wrestling. Um. I wanted to give you a chance. I mean, if there's anything else that you wanted to, to plug with us, because the next couple of questions, it's going to be non-wrestling related, other geekery and other just things to kind of get to know yeah. Land Pitts and what okay. he is as a person. Yeah. Okay. Do we, is there anything you want to plug? Well, like if there's anything else that you wanted to um, about the book, like anything else that anybody oh. wants to know, like oh, where can yeah. they find uh, it? Where can they get yeah. it? Like where how can they, they find it? it? Comes out. It comes out Wednesday, uh, January thirtieth this month. Couple weeks away. It's got a great slew of talent. I'm going to be doing a couple of signings up here in Baltimore and D.C. Uh, Phantom Comics and Third Eye Comics are great stores up here, and they've they've let me they're letting me come in and sign for whatever reason. Um, and I, I'm excited. I'm just I love wrestling. Uh, I think it's a great storytelling medium. I'm just reverberating everything I've already reiterating everything I've said already. But uh, I also have a comic uh, I'll be debuting at C2E2 this year. Come find me. Uh, Beast Heart Strikers. It's me and Joe Hunter. Uh, we, we got together last year at uh, last Heroes Con. We were like, we should work together. And we did. And so we're, we're self-publishing a book. Uh, we have some publishers looking at it. Uh, we were supposed to have it ready for New York. And then Joe got pneumonia and almost died. So wow. we, we, we pushed everything back. Uh, he didn't die. He's alive. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, I moved. And so we were like, you know what? Let's just have it ready for C2E2. So uh, it's basically everything I we love collectively about Sailor Moon, Power Rangers, a pinch, just a pinch of Steven Universe. Put it all together. Put it in a blender. Hit Frappe. Pour it out. That's what you got. I'm so. sold. <laughs> I'm already, you said Steven Universe. I'm already sold. <laughs> uh, yeah, Beast Heart Strikers. It's on. We we have a Twitter account. We posted a few pages and like character designs and behind the scenes like sketches and stuff. So give us a, give us a follower. Beast Heart Strikers. Uh, I think I think the Twitter's Beast Strikers because I think Beast Heart was taken for some reason. But <laughs> but yeah, so you can definitely check that out. Yep, just followed you. Um, I, I actually had two questions for you before we before we transition over. All right. Um, uh, first is so we did a we did the Mount Rushmore earlier, and we kind of covered all the male wrestlers. I, I was actually curious who would be on your female uh, your Mount Rushmore for female my, wrestlers. My, my, my women's wrestling. Yes, women's. Excuse me. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> female. I mean, as long oh, as God. you're not as yeah. long as you're like saying, hey, which one of them? Which one of them broads Be- that wrestles is the one? Which one of them broads? <laughs> yeah. uh, my my mouth. Rushmore for uh, women's wrestling. Uh, Bull Nakano, obviously. Sherry Martell, obviously. Um, oh, man. Asuka, I, I love... There's nothing I don't love about Asuka and everything that she presents. And let's see. Third. Hmm. I'm trying to think of kind of like the ground breakers that I 
Well, oh, you said three anyway. Okay, so wait, did you want another one? I mean, uh, with three yeah, is right yeah. there. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had another one, that'd be cool. Oh, I'll, I'll cool. have. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I definitely have to. I'll definitely have to think about it. But definitely, Bolnacano, Oscar, and uh, Sherry Martel. Uh, all of them have face paint in some way, so maybe that's something by himself. And two are Japanese, so <laughs> go figure. <laughs> <laughs> a little insight into your uh, your proclivities when it comes to uh, the ladies. So. Always, always. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, well, I'm not surprised. Surprise is the wrong word. Uh, I get, I got to throw in Lita. Like, like uh, oh yeah, that as a as a teenager seeing this girl who yeah. was dressed like this punk yeah. rock like like emo thing going. Oh, just yeah, super hot. Amy, Amy, yeah. awesome. Amy is good people. Yeah. Amy, Amy is good people. She's always down to talk. Uh, she's I don't know. She's super cool. Uh, um, we've we've hung out and met it a few times, and because uh, she lives in Atlanta now, so uh, we we we've hung out a few times at Dragon Con and nice uh, oh, awesome. uh, <laughs> an adult establishment at one point. <laughs> uh, shout out to the Claremont Lounge in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, uh, so yeah, now Amy is just one of those cool, down to earth people um, who is just yeah Lita if there's definitely four then Lita's up there and what she brought to the table like there's there was no like women wrestling in the WWE at the time doing like moonsaults and shit yeah and she's right. like ha ah, moonsault bam done sold so I mean a lot of people are going to say Trish to some extent but I was like ah, I don't know eh well, Trish is okay and I know that's bullshit to say but I'm like she what she what she eventually brought to the table was great, but like overall, I I not to my taste. I'm glad she has fans, and I'm glad she's still around, and she inspired people, but not for me personally. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, how, how many uh, women wrestlers would you name before you got to China? Oh, no, she's probably up there too. See, I don't it, even it, consider it, her almost like a woman women's right, wrestler I don't, because she. I, she, she got in there. Yeah, she's an innovator in yeah. her own right, man. She just like, right. Yeah, that's I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's 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 a whole different Venn diagram because of what she brought to herself. I mean, yeah, Joni had her demons and and you know with the whole controversy about if she'll ever be in the Hall of Fame because of like her past transgressions. I'm like, fuck you. Sunny still does porn. So <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I don't know what you want to. I don't. Yeah. Like you, you definitely know it's it's it's. I don't want to speak for like everyone, but there's definitely like a. Um, there's definitely almost a hint of regret. I think personally, this could just maybe projecting in a way. Uh, because of what in what Triple H and Stephanie did, and how Triple H basically broke and cheated on China or, or Joni with Stephanie at the time, and basically forced her out of the company. Yeah, like she's mm. not going to be like, cool, this is great, and basically what and how her life kind of you know digressed from there. Uh, I I could be wrong. I mean, she hasn't. She's been. Was it two, three years now? So, there, there, it's it's a serious discussion to put her in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's you know she's a two-time Intercontinental Champion, the only woman to hold the Intercontinental Championship. Probably, I don't think they'll ever repeat that sort of 
I don't want to say stunt, but a kind of market, kind of writing that they did, kind of include her, which is dumb because like I want I want Oscar to choke out Brock Lesnar becoming the <laughs> Universal Champion. Like I, I I want them to get back to that point of intergender wrestling. Yeah, I, I want them to get there, and so yeah, I, I don't I, I just don't consider China a a, a quote woman's wrestler because. Mm. I don't feel like she did a lot to the women's division as a whole because she wasn't really part of it. Okay. She, she you know, she she yeah. was finally women's champion in what 2001, and then just left. I think she left with the title and it had to be vacated. And yeah, uh, that's actually what happened. She she left in like the summer of 2001 with the title. They vacated it, and then Trish won it at Survivor Series of 2001, I want to say. So, but, yeah, I, 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 that's that's, uh, that's the thing about, and thoughts about China. I, I don't consider her a, quote, woman's wrestler in, like, okay. the women's division because she wasn't really a part of it. Right. Kind of a, a category unto herself. Very much so. Um, Very much so. But I want to ask, um, potentially a, dif- a difficult question. Um and I want to get both of your, your takes on this because it's something that in recent years, what we know about it has kind of changed how we judge the actions of people from the past. And that's uh, CTE, it's head injuries, it's concussions, uh, and those sorts of things. But also the things that happen from steroid abuse and other drug abuse as well. Uh, and the person that I wanted to talk about was Chris Benoit. Because... We know what happened. We all know what happened. It was, God, it was probably the most tragic thing other than what happened with Owen Hart um, in the ring to happen to the WWE. And after we found out what actually happened, they basically, like, wiped the slate clean. There was no such thing as Chris Benoit. With what we know now about head injuries and CTE and concussions and what steroid use does to the brain, is there any, like smidge of sympathy out there for him in the wrestling industry or is it just like he what he did was horrible and we're never speaking of it again and he's not a part of this ever again uh on a corporate stance or a personal stance i would say a little bit of both i mean because like i would want to know on a corporate stance zero it's never happening right zero on a personal stance you have guys like chris jericho who dedicate his books to him who talk about how like i knew chris benoit the person not Chris Benoit, the murderer. And yeah, there is that fine line because you later learn like, oh, he basically had dementia. And so we don't know if he killed himself out of guilt. We don't know what he did. And we're still talking about this 12 years later. He died 10 minutes from where I live. Um, I, I grew up in Fayetteville, Georgia, which is 20 minutes outside of Atlanta. He, he was in Peachtree City. I was actually in Chicago at the time on the set of Dark Knight uh, when it happened. So when I came back, there was still like police tape and everything like still around his house. And, you know, you, you have that raw dedication to him. And then the next night on ECW... Uh, Vince is like, well, now we know things. We 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 have to move forward and not do this anymore. So we want to dedicate to the memory of Daniel and Nancy Benoit. 
And there's, it's still a horrible, it, it's still a tragedy, but I mean, he killed his, he killed his kid. Like that's, that's the thing. This isn't the 80s where Vince is basically helping Jimmy Snuka hide the body of his dead girlfriend. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so who who went to court and was deemed mentally in, invalid and then died like a couple of weeks later. So, yeah, no, it, it's completely but. Again, Snuka's same situation. His brain was just mush by the time they finally got to him. So, no, but on a corporate stance, Chris Benoit will never be into the Hall of Fame. He'll never, he'll never do this, that. You won't, you won't see him. Like even if you go to the network right now, WrestleMania 20, it's uh, Randy, uh, it's Shawn Michaels, Triple H, uh, and Triple H in a triple threat match. They don't. They don't name the other guy. Uh, Michael Cole did that uh, a couple years ago too, where he's like, only only one person has uh, uh, has entered number one and won uh, something about that. And I was like, yes, who was that person, Michael Cole? <laughs> who was that person? Uh, and of course, I think they had somebody beat that record. I, I can't remember who, but uh, Benoit entered at number one in 2004 and won the Rumble. Uh, so you're going to see his, you're going to see his accomplishments and and everything. Essentially, they're mentioned on the website, but they do not link to anything. They name him, but they do not have like a alumni or superstar profile or anything you. of the sorts. Yeah. That's not going to go away anytime soon. It's just it's such a sad story and it's such a such a complicated legacy that he leaves because I mean I think if guy I mean it's hard to even say it. Like I think if had that never happened, he might have been might have gone down as one of the best technical wrestlers ever. Yeah. No, I, I no, that's him what he did doesn't uh, doesn't negate what he did in the ring. Yeah. He's only- still considered one of the greatest. You just don't be like, oh, well, it's the same deal with O.J. Simpson. He's still one of the greatest like in collegiate sports. But you don't be like, oh, yeah, O.J. You don't, yeah. you don't burst out with that. It's sort of like, <laughs> yeah. it's sort of like um, Chris Benoit, though. I don't yeah. want to mention it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it does it's, have to be said in, in hushed tones. Like Yes, very much yeah. so. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to take a real quick break here. And when we come back, we will have more with writer of WWE Forever, Land Pitts. We're going to go into a little bit more of his uh, likes and dislikes, some of his other things that he's into other than just wrestling. So make sure you tune in to episode two of GGR Pirate Radio with our special guest, Land Pitts. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for more podcasts and our awesome articles. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs> <laughs>